welcome to the Adam Messer Show, What's Going On, and this podcast is all about stuff that I've got going on, projects I'm working on, or different things that I'm doing, so I just want to share with you, I appreciate you listening in. The Adam Messer Show is my radio show that I have, and I do interviews with authors, artists, and entertainers, and this podcast is going to be supplemental to that. So thanks a lot for listening, and I hope you have a great day. Hey everybody, so in this episode of the Adam Messer Show, what's going on, I'm going to talk about writing and my writing career. So here it goes. I am a freelance writer for the Savannah Morning News, Do Savannah, and I write, usually I write event articles, um, I write community articles about different things going on. I don't, I don't write hard, um, hard stuff, you know, I don't write about crime or politics or, you know, government or anything like that. I write about, I write about events that people like. I usually like to call it popcorn because it's light and fluffy and everybody enjoys it. And, um, so... Lately, though, uh, things have been changing. Of course, the last several years, you know, I'd say the last 20 years with the Internet, um, things have changed a lot in the publishing world, especially with newspapers and things like that. Um, but I want to talk about the recent changes. There has been, um, you know, especially the article uh, world that I'm in, um, events have been just canceled left and right. Right. So we had to make a change, you know. Um, so I have uh, written a couple of articles about local authors and um, what was the other one I did this week? Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, I covered one about uh, a group called Bike Walk Savannah. And uh, they're a nonprofit group here in Savannah. And I, I've actually interviewed them a couple of times. Um or maybe once or twice, I think, but, um, had an article. Um, and so there's a whole different way of writing articles that you can do, um, that people I think enjoy reading. There's the traditional, um, article or the traditional, um, story where you have an interview with someone you, you write about, you know, the, the who, what, where, when, why, and how, and um, you encapsulate that story into uh, you know a little article, or it could be a long article. I mean, there there's a lot of different ways that you can write, but typically I get about 500 words for copy, or um, I get 500 words for the amount of space that I I um, have for an article, and that might not seem like a lot. Uh, of you know words but you can you can write a whole lot you can talk about a whole lot of things in 500 words uh, but what I try to do with my articles is I've always focused on the person and not so much the event the event is like the thing right but I try to focus on the person and the reason why is because I feel like that's a lot more interesting than the what. You know, the, oh, well, we're doing XYZ event. Okay. Why? Why are you doing that? You know, who's doing it? And I feel like the people are more fascinating than the events most of the time. You know, because the events are cool. The events are great. And, you know, obviously they're a big, important part of, you know, the what in the article. 
but the, the folks, the people behind it are, are more important to me than the what's, you know, so I always try to bring every article that I do from a human aspect and it all goes back to, you know, a couple of basic rules of writing, you know, you got to follow the rules or whatever, but the most important thing I feel like for writing an article or any kind of journalism are the questions that you ask and then the listening part and the listening could be reading or it could be talking with them and listening, you know, and you pull from that the story, you know, the story is created by the questions that you ask and the answers that they give, um, and then listening to them, you know, so you, you find out what's going on and then you report it back to what, you know, to, to your audience, you know, to your readers. And, uh, that I feel, I feel like anybody and everybody who wants to do any kind of blogging or anything like that, um, those are really good skills that you should, you should try to develop are, the questions that you ask, you know, and I had a good buddy of mine named Kevin, um, and he answer that question, right? We worked together and he'd answer the question that I asked and he'd answer it properly or whatever, but it wasn't the answer I was looking for. And after a while I was like, you know, you always answer my questions, but you never give me the answer I'm looking for. And he told me, he's like, well, you're not asking me the right question. And so it was like, kind of like this game that we played, you know, and it, you know, it was funny. Um, it was funny because I thought about that. It's like, you know, if, if you want to learn how to write, if you want to learn journalism and you know, I'm just giving you advice that works for me, you know, you can take it for whatever, whatever it is, grain of salt or whatever, but asking better questions, um, it's a great tool to have because it opens up different doors, you know, and I've had people reply to me, Oh, I've never had anybody ask me that before. Well, it's because I think about what I'm doing. And generally this is how I like to set up an interview. Um, and I feel like this, this works for me. You know, you have to, obviously you have to shift up and change up, you know, depending on your situation. But here's the thing. I like to talk with the person, either voice to voice or face to face, usually voice to voice, like over the phone or whatever, yeah, for about five minutes or so, maybe 10 chit chat with them. And I tell them like, Hey, you know, this is not on the record. I'm not trying to interview you right now. I just would like to get to know you a little bit better. And I would like to, you know, kind of understand what it is that you're doing. It breaks the ice. Right. So that's one of the first things it does. It also gives me a chance and them a chance to get to know each other a little bit better. Uh, so we're not strangers anymore. And it, 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 it puts the, um, like some people believe it or not when they're being interviewed, uh, they, they get nervous, you know, for whatever reason. And I can understand that. I mean, it's like, you know, it's going to be public and you know, whatever it's going to be published and that kind of thing. You know, so some people are more guarded with their answers. Sometimes they're a little discombobulated because they're not really sure, you know, they feel like they're being put on the spot or whatever. And I've, I've found that sound bites are great for interviews, you know, and an in-person interview is great. And 
I feel like most reporters, that's how they do their interviews. They either do them, you know, face-to-face or over the phone or whatever, or press releases, press conferences, that kind of thing. Uh, For me, and the type of articles that I do, because I'm not writing, again, I'm not writing hard stuff. I'm not writing about crime. I'm not writing about government. I'm not writing about finances, things like that. I'm writing about events. So a soundbite to me is not as effective as being able to talk with the person and then what I do is I send them a follow-up email and I'll send them the questions based off of the conversation that I had with them you know it's just an informal conversation and I'll base those questions off of you know who they are as a person and, and what they're doing and I have found that I get a lot better answers than when someone feels like they're put on the spot and I, I, I don't try to put anybody on the spot. I've never done a gotcha moment. I never will. Um, there's, you know, there, there's people out there that they sensationalize things. I don't like that. And I will never do that. Never. But I feel like, uh, I get a lot better answers from folks, um, because they have a chance to think it out and, you know, kind of think about like, okay, well, what is this or whatever? And it goes back to the questions, you know, that I ask them, right? So, um, the other style of article, and I use the same foundation, I use the same same principles that I was just talking about, is I'll just do a straight Q&A, a straight question and answer interview. And that's a, I think that's a popular format uh, for people. Um, because I like reading Q and A's. I like to be able to read an unedited answer from, you know, the person being interviewed. And I, I feel like that those are, are good because, you know, you're still doing the interview. You're still, you know, you're still getting the, um, the scoop or whatever. You're still getting the story, but you get the unaltered or unfiltered, uh, version of the interview. And I like the Q and A's, uh, and what I'll do typically is I'll just you know put like a little blurb, you know, with it, um, and then I'll have the Q and A, and I'll submit that to my editor or whatever, and it works. Sometimes it works, you know, better uh, for certain events, and sometimes it you know it's not really a good fit. So you, know, you just have to use a judgment call of, of what is going to work for you. So that's how I approach uh, journalism. It's helped me a lot with my radio show. Uh, because I, I do, I have a, what I like to call a, just a casual conversation with people. I'll ask exploratory questions. So like, if you don't know what exploratory question is, uh, just here's a quick summary. Exploratory question is a question that you ask that it's exploring the subject or it's exploring the person. You're trying to find out more, like a discovery question or whatever. You're trying to find out more. I don't like to ask closed-ended questions or you know closed-ended um, style uh, questions with people because you know a yes or no type question, right? That's a closed-ended. I don't like asking those kind of questions because I feel like it's a leading question and it, you know, kind of leads a person. Now, sometimes I have to ask a, you know, close-ended question, um, you know, and I'll, I'll have to use that, um, just because of the way the conversation is going or whatever and, you know, whatever. But the asking better questions has helped me a lot with interviewing people. Um, and I like to do the radio show 
the same way I like to talk with folks in person for the articles that I do for the newspaper. And I started doing that in 2014. You know, I've developed my own style over the years um, of how, you know, what works for me. Um, I have never had a complaint about any of the interviews I've ever done. I've only had one complaint um, one time from a person about an article. And it was it was because um, it was a yoga studio. And um, they just they didn't like the way that I had phrased uh, something. And it was Om Shanti Shanti. Like that's how I opened the article because that's what they were chanting when I went and, and watched them do their yoga. And um, it was something about uh, you know it not being religious or something like that. And I was like, you know, I had done some research on it, and that's what Om Shanti Shanti is. It's like a you know like kind of like a spiritual chant. And, um, but the person didn't like that and whatever. And that's the only complaint I've ever had with, um, with the articles, um, over the years had several editors. Um, and definitely when you're writing, you want to work with your editor. Your editor is like, you know, your best advocate for one, for getting more work, um, which is important, um, but more importantly than just getting more work is, you know, to be able to continue developing your craft and your skill, uh, because your editor is going to look at it from a, an outside perspective. They're also going to look at it from, okay, what are readers wanting to see? What are, what are your, what does your audience want to see? And, you know, and I've, I've pitched a lot of different ideas, um, pitched a lot of different stories. Uh, some, uh, been shot down, um, some have been just, you know, like, oh, well, we're already, we're already working on that. Hey, great. That's awesome. Somebody else has, you know, got, got the story and, you know, uh, I'm glad, you know, it was a good story idea that they're going to run it and somebody else just, you know, just happened to get it before me. So that's why I look at it. It's like, oh, you know, if I get a pitch or whatever. Now, some people take stuff personally um, like that. I don't take it personally. Um, I look at constructive criticism as a great way to be able to grow as a great way to be able to uh, improve my skill sets, you know, so that's a, a good, uh, I guess, a good topic there too. Uh, with writing is feedback, getting feedback, you know, from your audience and from your readers and also your editors, you know, because you want to, you want to continue moving forward, you want to continue growing, you want to continue, you know, being able to do, you know, do what you like doing, and that's writing, right? So. Um, this next part of the podcast, uh, I want to talk about writing is about fiction and writing fiction. I also, I'm going to talk a little bit about poetry. Actually, let's talk about poetry before we get into fiction, because poetry is going to be a little bit shorter for me than, um, talking about fiction, but, um, poetry. Wow. Poetry is an incredible way to be able to connect with your soul. I feel like poetry is a great way, not only that you can express yourself, but you can see into the mind and the the feelings of someone else, you know, when you're reading their poetry, you can, you can truly connect with them. Now, I've seen poetry that is just written to be written, <laughs> and I've seen poetry that, you know, it, it 
just pours their heart and soul on you know onto the onto the page and how do I say this I published a couple of poetry books last year and I'm working on another one um, but I hadn't written poetry since I was a kid I used to write a lot of poetry it was a great way for me to be able to you know write my thoughts down and and to One of the things that I heard from different people, oh, there's a hummingbird over there. Wow, I'm sitting in my car and I haven't, I didn't know that there were hummingbirds around this area, but there's a hummingbird right there. Wow. Wow. I did not know that. That is so cool. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. I'm going to have to go get a little feeder and, and uh, put um, put a feeder out for them. But uh, sorry about that little sidebar. That was so cool. Hey, well, actually, that's a great, uh, that's a great, uh, <laughs> you write about what you know, you write about your life, you write about, you know, uh, things going on, um, and poetry is a great way to express that, so I published a couple of poetry books, I've had a couple of poetry readings, um, I started a thing called Word Beat Poetry, which is not beat poetry, by the way, um, I just created that name because I, I thought it sounded really catchy and I thought it'd be really neat to publish my um, my poetry under that name. So I created that. And uh, man, oh man, I have enjoyed it. I really have enjoyed it. I plan on doing, um, you know, future uh, poetry readings with the word beat poetry after everything settles down from the, um, the COVID-19 um, epidemic or pandemic and um, you know so but a couple of things that I've heard from folks is um, that they don't really like poetry and I'll ask them I say well do you like music and they'll say yes I say well poetry is music music is poetry um, some people have uh, said that they don't like the um uh, putting on airs that they the sense that they get from people that are poets and things like that and i i get that i try to be a down-to-earth kind of person i try to be a you know just a real humble kind of person um and i i understand you know that and that's that, that kind of goes back to classism um because you do have people out there who they say and do things because of, you know, their own motivations or whatever. And classism is a lot like putting a fancy dress on a pig, right? To me, you're still a pig, <laughs> even though you're wearing a fancy dress because of the way you act and who you are you can't change the fact that you're a pig you know we're all pigs in the end right we're all we're all human beings in the end you know it doesn't matter what you're wearing um doesn't matter where you live it doesn't matter what you're doing we're all human beings in the end right and um that classism is definitely 
off-putting for a lot of people because it's a feeling of someone trying to act superior and trying to make someone else feel inferior. Now, I have had very little exposure to the, um, the poetry community, both locally here in Savannah and online. I have not experienced that. The poets that I have met and had a chance to talk with are very deep, rich souls, people that are kind and caring and compassionate, and they're not this nose up, you know, looking down on other people kind of folks. Most of them actually that I've met have a lot of emotional, um, how do I say it? They have a lot of emotional uh, connections with the world and they, they take their poetry seriously. One of the things I've also heard from folks is, oh, you know, I'm not as good as you or I'm not, I'm, you know, whatever. I always try to encourage those folks that, you know, doesn't matter what level of experience you have. Don't put yourself down because everybody started somewhere. And if you, if you feel like your work is not where it should be, it's because you have Bogart in this right here. I'm not, I did not come up with this idea, but I saw this from an artist uh, a while back. Um, and it was talking about having taste. So like you start off and you know what you want your work to be like, but you know, you know, you, you, you're unhappy with it, uh, because it's not turning out the way you want it or it's not as good as you want it to be or whatever. That's because we have taste, you know, it's because we know like, okay, well, we have an eye for things or whatever. And we have taste and we want to see those things. You know, we want, we want to be able to express our vision the same way that our mind's eye sees it with our hands and our, you know, our craft with, you know, putting it out there. That doesn't always match up. You know, a lot of times it's one way in your mind and then a totally different way when it comes out on paper, just like this podcast, you know, I had in my mind, like, well, what I was going to do, it's kind of free flowed into some other things and, you know, boom. So, um, how do you get past that hurdle? You keep working, keep doing the work, whatever it is, if it's writing poetry or if it's, you know, writing articles or whatever. So now I'd like to talk this last section here, last, uh, about, uh, fiction writing and, uh, being a self-published uh, indie author, um, wow, the world has like got so much stuff going on right now, right? And in the indie author's world, it is definitely, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. I had a great conversation with uh, Gra- uh, Craig Martell this last uh, weekend. You can check out that on my, uh, my other podcast. Uh, but we were talking about the business side of uh, writing. And... So here's, here's my, uh, my take on fiction writing and being an indie published author, or even if you want to be a published author, you know, through a traditional, uh, publishing house or whatever, um, because you can, you can 
you can go whatever route you want to. Learn your craft. Write. You got to write. Now, some people say you have to write daily. That is a good habit for discipline. That doesn't always necessarily work for everybody. So I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to be prescriptive here. I don't want to tell you like, oh, you should do this or you should do that. I'm just sharing with you stuff that works for me. There have been times where I've written every single day. And I'll have a project that I'm working on and I will write every single day. And I, there have been days that I enjoyed it. And there were days where it was a grind that it was, it was just difficult to try to get, you know, even a hundred words written. Then there were other days where I'd write a couple thousand words in one, you know, one day, uh, writing does take time, right? Takes time. So whatever you're doing, you know, whatever you're working on, it's going to take time and it's going to take energy to do it. So it's just like anything else in life. You have to, you know, set that time aside. One thing I can say with full emphasis here, be inspired to write because if you write, you will become inspired. And, you know, people talk about writer's block and writer's block and writer's block. Well, I don't feel like I have writer's block. Writer's block is kind of like a myth, um, in my opinion, because you can write. You don't have writer's block. What it is is that you get stuck not being able to write about what you want to write about. You don't have the words. You might not have the motivation or you might not have the dedication you might not have a lot of different things. You might ha- you not, might feel like you don't have the resources. It's writer's block is a roadblock. It's not a it's not you know that you can't write because if you're a writer, you can write. Writer's block is just one of those those stumbling blocks. It's like, "Oh, there are other things in the way life happens that basically takes away the ability to, you know, write about what you want to write." And, uh, so how, how do I get around that? Well, there, I just take time off sometimes. And then there are other times where, you know, if I'm working on a project, if I'm working on a deadline, you know, so I'll go back to the articles, if I'm working on a deadline and I have writer's block, I got to get it done. I've got to turn it in. You know, my, my, uh, editors, uh, depending on it, my readers are depending on it. You know, the people that I interviewed, they're depending on it. Um, you know, so I've got to get that done. So that gives a little bit more sense of urgency. If you don't have those, uh, if you don't have those things to, you know, kind of give you that sense of urgency, create it for yourself. You know, uh, make up, a <laughs> make up a, a, a reader that you're like, oh, you know, Agnes is going to really want to read this. Even if Agnes is just an imaginary person, you know, I've got to get this. Um, done for Agnes, you know, just make something up and it's a mental trick that works. You know, I've got to really get this done because so-and-so wants to read it. It's a mental trick that works. It works for me. So I can't say it'll work for you, but I got a feeling that if it works for me, you know, I mean, I'm not really anybody special. So, um, I kind of feel like if it's a trick that works, it would work for you. Or at least try it. And if it doesn't work for you, you know, try something else. Um, but writing fiction, publishing, and marketing and all those things. So 
it is a blend of an art and a craft and a skill and a business, right? Um, you have the artistry of writing and imagination and that kind of thing. And it's a skill because you have to, you know, you have to use proper formatting and, you know, structure and that kind of thing. Uh, it's a craft because you have to pull all those things together and you learn as you go. And it's a business because you could, you could write and never publish anything. You could write and just share it with one person. I've done that before. I've written poems and just sent it to one person, you know, send it to the person I wrote the poem for, uh, with no intent or whatever, you know, it's just like a gift that I wanted to give them, um, but it starts with a goal or it starts with a dream, starts with an idea. The writing part is the work part. You know, it's doing the work. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to start off. Like I, I'll give you a great example. Um, I had a professor um, named uh, David Taylor and he, he would, uh, he told us a story he asked us this question. He said, you know, if you went out to an archery field and it was your first day as an archer and they gave you a bow and they gave you some arrows and they gave you a target and they said, hit this bullseye and you, you try as hard as you can. I mean, you've got all the intentions. You want to be the best archer in the world. Boom. You miss the target every single time. And he asked this question, he says, does that make you a bad archer or does that make you a new archer? Archer. Obviously, you know, third person perspective, you would be like, oh, well, you're just new. You know, you're just new. You're not bad. You're just new. You just don't know, you know, yeah, you might have beginner's luck and hit the bullseye. There might be some people that do that, you know. But in order to become an effective archer, what do you have to do? practice how do we practice with writing write you have to write so that's what i have had to learn um for my fiction writing is to practice my craft to write and to practice what i'm doing and setting goals you know so like i said um a publishing schedule which i'm right now i'm behind on because i haven't written probably a month and a half really um but kind of in a funk lately uh with life happening <laughs> you know but i've got some time on my hands now and i i want to do this podcast and then also i have some yeah you know, i've got some cleaning and stuff that i've got to do around the house and i've got some writing that i've got to do and if you if you're stuck in a rut don't feel bad. Don't beat yourself up. Look at your situation like this. How would you treat someone else who's in the same situation that you're in, that they're dealing with the same situation? Would you treat them like they're doing a bad job or would you treat them like they're, you know, they're just kind of new or they're just still learning, you know? Would you have more empathy for them? Would you be more compassionate with them? You know, because I know I would never, ever criticize anyone the way that I criticize myself. I would never do that to someone else because I feel like it would be mean and cruel and unkind. 
And, you know, people always say you're your own worst critic. It's an old adage, you know, yada, yada, yada. But the truth of it is, is would you think or say the same thing about someone else, you know, that they're trying to do something that you're trying to do? If, if they were in the same situation as you, would you do that? Or would you be more compassionate and kind and empathetic with them? And I have a feeling, you know, because I'm, like I said, I'm just sharing what I know or sharing what works for me. I have a feeling that you probably would be kind and compassionate and considerate with them. And you wouldn't be as hard on them um, as you would be on yourself. You know, we have expectations and we have goals and things like that. And then when we're not living up to those expectations, you know, it's a disappointment and, you know, whatever. Hey, you know what? Take it easy on yourself. Do the work. Put the grind in. Do, you know, get up and hustle. I'm not saying don't go for it. What I'm saying is and learn from your mistakes. Give you a perfect example of a mistake I made. Being new to publishing, being new to indie writing, my first novella had, I feel like it had some moderate, you know, reception. You know, people liked it. It reached like number two on Amazon's new, um, new bestsellers list. Um, I was on an interview with a local news station and, uh, you know, whatever. I didn't write the second one for like over a year. And when I put the second one out, nobody's read it. I haven't done any marketing or advertising with it. It's a better story. And so I'm frustrated with myself about, you know, the failures that I've had with it. But what am I doing? I'm not giving up on it. I'm working on the third book. And I'm also working on the business side of my publishing. Right? So that's all I can share with you. I know this has been a you know 30 minutes or so, 30 um me talking about writing and I'm I'm just giving you my personal uh, experiences and my perspective. I could also do a whole thing about academic and business writing. Um, you know, if somebody ever would like to know more about that because I've done a lot of academic and a lot of business writing um, in my career and uh, my college career. Uh, but I didn't want to really focus on that. I wanted to focus more on journalism, poetry, and fiction writing in this one. And those subjects could be, you know, separate individual topics too, but I really appreciate you checking and um, let me know what you think. Thanks a lot for listening to The Adam Mr. Show, What's Going On, and I appreciate you uh, checking this show out. If you want to check out my other stuff, you can go to adammesser.net and uh, let me know what you think. Thanks.